재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul. It's time to turn to Michelle Kang from the Seoul Global Center for this week's edition of Did You Know? We're going to be talking about snacks in just a moment. Michelle, welcome. Good morning, Kurt. First things first, I want to take care of some housekeeping. We've got some answers coming in for the question of the week, and we've got some coffees to give away. The question was, who would you like to see as one of the Olympic torch bearers running the road? You know, it starts on November 1st, mm-hmm. tomorrow, and it's going to run 2,018 kilometers. That's a lot of kilometers mm-hmm. for the uh, opening ceremonies. Michelle, do you, does anybody occur to you right off the bat? Sports heroes, I can think of, uh, what about Chabomgun and then Chaduri, brother and father, who both were soccer players. Ooh, mm. that's a very, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. I mean, it is going to end up being a mix of uh, sports heroes, just plain old celebrities, and uh, ordinary people mm-hmm. who have done extraordinary things. We've got Sokchan on Facebook has uh, messaged us, Kim Yona, or people who participated in the independence movement. We could sort of give them their Olympic run to thank them. We've also got another text to the effect of Kim Yona from uh, 8283. We're going to send you guys out some coffees. Guys, I think we can probably set Kim Yona aside at this point because she's a shoe in mm-hmm. If I had a, a million dollars to bet, I would bet <laughs> that Kim Yona is going to be I think so. <laughs> involved in the torch run somehow. Oh, we've also got one more. 3949 sends. Wh- who does that say? Young? Sejong? Sejong? I cannot really see. I can't read the thing. Sejong. Yang Sejong. I've got it in Hangul now from uh, RPD. It's apparently this person's celebrity crush. You get a cup of coffee, too. I haven't the slightest idea who that is. I'm going to go educate myself after the show. So, Michelle, we're talking about uh, old snacks from the distant past here in Korea. You know, kids tonight and tomorrow morning mm-hmm. are going to open their plastic bags that they went trick-or-treating with, and they're going to have all kinds of sort of convenience store candy bars and <laughs> sugary treats and all that stuff. Right. But back in the day, it wasn't so sweet, and it wasn't so convenient, was it? That's right. And then still here in Korea, probably kids won't be able to get treats like, like candies. It's still not that big. Not that big, right. Maybe at a school or at a kindergarten. Some kids maybe have this privilege mm-hmm. to enjoy this um, holiday. But <laughs> but if you just randomly show up at Korean houses in the countryside and say, trick or treat. Then what? <laughs> right. <laughs> call the police, so, I think. Um, call the police? <laughs> well, maybe not. Not maybe, if it's a cute kid in a costume. But. Maybe. Uh, traditionally here in Korea, if a child... Can they actually visit and knock on the neighbor's door and then they get something from them? That could be not candies, but salt. <laughs> <laughs> salt? Right, salt. That reminds me, you ever see the Charlie Brown specials? Like they're comparing what they got and Charlie Brown goes, I got a rock. Oh. <laughs> salt. Well, it's related to this uh, custom or culture. If a child wets the bed, the parents would send their child to visit neighbor's house to ask for some salt. Wow. And then they're supposed to um, have this winnowing basket called key on their head. And uh, by the time they show up on the uh, door of the neighbor's house, the na- probably the neighborhood wouldn't know what what the kid has done last night. Okay, so what you're telling me is not only does this kid not get any candy, he's wearing a basket on his head, and it becomes public knowledge that he's just wet the bed. (laughs) That's right. And he gets a handful of salt. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's a good thing, right? <laughs> well, anyways, um, so the neighborhood or neighbor, usually ajumma, would just give a, a bowl of salt. And then sometimes they would just smack the shoulder of a kid. Don't wet your bed, you know. <laughs> Does that work? I guess the shaming aspect. Uh... Oh, I don't know. It's... Korean traditional potty training method. Why is the, is the kid supposed to eat the salt or what? No, no, no. Uh, it's a symbolic, I think. You know how we just talked about red beans, how uh, it's people believed it's supposed to um, drive away all these demons and then evil spirits. Salt has a strong significance in the Korean culture as well. So um, people would spill salt. Uh, in hopes of repelling bad luck or demons, which is the bedwetting habit, I think. Wow. And then salt also um, is, I don't know, some people say this symbolic meaning of making up salt that was lost from wetting the bed. You lost a lot of salt doing that? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then the winnowing basket, it's, we you know, rice must be winnowed to separate the grains from the husks. So the good rice, um, make sure the kid has uh, good nutrition to be healthy and then grow well and then not to wet bed anymore. There you go. Now mm. you can impress your friends. If you're not a Korean and you don't know it already, in the old days, the kid that wet their bed was sent to the next door neighbor with a basket on his head to receive a bowl of salt yes. and possibly a little smack on the shoulder. Right. <laughs> wow. That's old school therapy. Mm. All right. So can we be- get back to candy? Sure, that's right. So we're going to talk about childhood street snacks. I think this episode will bring back some childhood memories for Koreans as well. Um, which kid wouldn't be down for candies? But there was a street uh, candy man, Yeopjangsu in Korean, or rice, can- rice candy vendor. Mm. They were everywhere. So the vendor was usually a man who would go from village to village to sell all different kinds of yeop. Or Korean rice candy. Yup, uh, inherently means rice candy? Rice candy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they would carry this yup seizures or shears, and then they would snap their seizures loudly. And uh. yeah, this yotjangsu uh, dates back to the 19th or 20th century. Mm. Um, the seller would carry a wooden tray filled with a big chunk of rice candy and it could be pumpkin yacht or ginger yacht many different kinds and then when the kids hear this clicking sound of yachtangsu's seizures they would just uh, run and then draw over <laughs> this that's rice sort candy. of like the uh the old-time korean equivalent of the ice cream, ice cream truck right. bell, you know mm. <laughs> the yacht guy is here right <laughs> um, he would click the scissors very loudly to kind of summon them. This, I think I've tried this. They still sell this, right? Oh, at a traditional market. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's like taffy and you're, it almost pulls your teeth out because it's so <laughs> dense mm-hmm. and, and so sticky. sticky right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, of course, could pay. It wasn't that expensive in the past, but, you know, kids have no money. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and this candy, probably uh, very relatively cheap to produce, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, not much ingredients to be used to make rice candy, but people would bring some empty glass bottles or waste paper like old newspapers mm. or broken household items to exchange, uh, exchange them with rice candy. But sometimes kids are kids, so kids would take out some items that are in perfect condition without... Um, 
their parents know about this. Trade it for the yacht? Yeah. Sorry, Mom, I, I traded your vase for some yacht. <laughs> yeah. That's right, right. Um, and uh, some would play a game with rice candy. It's called yachigi. I'm not sure if you have seen this long rice candy stick. Okay. Um, two people would just pick one, and then they would break this candy in half with their hands. Uh-huh. And the air bubbles are made when the uh, yacht was made. And then whoever has the bigger holes in there, uh, that person wins. And the loser would pay the, the, the lo- uh, winners. Okay. Mm, that's a your, your yacht has more air bubbles mm, in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see <laughs> nice pictures. Maybe we can flip out one or two of these photos. Yeah, the yacht bro- breaking in half. One side has the smaller holes. Mm. Okay. And um, I imagine uh, the yacht salesman carried around uh, uh-huh. the scissors, scissors because these things – you can't just bite through them. Sometimes it helps to cut them and into bite-sized pieces. Ah, that's right. So the yotangsu used to carry the scissors and chisel as well. So the scissors are not only to catch attention from clients, mm. but also to break the chunk of yot into uh, sellable pieces into, with the chisel. And then the pieces would crack apart in all different sizes, and it's totally up to yot or rice candy ajoshi, how much yot you would get. I see. So they're... Based on how good uh, of mom's possessions you brought. <laughs> Maybe. So there's a phrase uh, made yotjangsu maamdero. As much as he feels like That's the yotjangsu. Right. Yotjangsu maamdero. Mm-hmm. And you can, people still say that? In- oh, sure. Right. I've done something and then you don't really like what I've done. And then I would say yotjangsu maamdero. Because I felt like it. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is there, is it possible to, to still find these guys? Um, at some traditional markets, you okay. can still see them, and they still wear this traditional ha- hanbok or white cloth traditional mm. outfit, and then they carry this huge seizures. Uh, they don't really uh, go house to house anymore, mm. but you can still taste this. And for practical tips, if you have some empty bottles, you can just return them to get some refunds at your local store. If you have a beer bottle, it's 131, and then mm. soju bottle, 101. It's a bit late for it, but that would be a good Halloween costume, wouldn't it? Yotjangsu. Oh, yeah, I think so. That would have been fun. Mm, that's Next right. Next year, maybe. Mm-hmm. So is that what much of the sweets in those days were made from? Rice? Um, rice, of course. Rice is the main staple in Korea. And then uh, this yacht rice candy is made out of glutinous rice. And then, um, well, you can just, uh, you enjoy this Korean old fashioned crispy rice puff snack. Before we talk more about that, mm-hmm. we want to invite people, if you're listening and you remember from the old days, simpler snacks than you find lined up in the convenience store, text us. Your favorite childhood snacks. We still got some coffees to give away. If you send us some interesting answers, we are going to buy you a cup of coffee with a gift econ. So bear that in mind. Send us the name of your favorite childhood snack. Pound 1013 via text or for free. Just hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Koreascape is the handle. So puffed rice. Mm-hmm, puffed rice. Celebrate, kids. We got some puffed rice for you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's called bongchigi. 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 <laughs> okay. It's a common scene, I think, at a traditional market. Even now, uh, bongchigi ajoshi would 
spin a handle of a machine that looks like a cannon to me, but it's a, a puffing machine. And then uh, Ajashi would pour rice or sometimes corn, any sort of grains actually, mm. into this uh, machine. And then the rice is heated up as the body spins around mm-hmm. and then the high pressure is built inside. So it's pop rice. Oh, popped rice. The same that's right. concept as popcorn. Mm, that's you just right. pop the rice. That's right. So uh, the pressure is stored and then stored. And I just would shout out, Bongyo! 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 Or then the people who would just gather around would have to cover their ears mm. with their hands. And does he fire the popped rice at people? <laughs> Not no. At you people. said it was a, like a cannon. It, it looks like a cannon, but there's a safety net or something. So all these uh, popped rice would just uh, <laughs> shoot out of the cannon. <laughs> so uh, you can hear this deafening sound of bam, and uh, the, the smoke comes out of it with really delicious, really good smell. Mm. You got to get that stuff fresh, right? Because if it sits in a bag in some corner of the store, it turns almost into like packing peanuts. Mm, that's right. Rice, I think that's that. But if it's a corn, um, corn it can be really crunchy. So well, it's, it's going to be safe to just have it in a bag. Um, but some people just enjoy it warm and fresh. But some people um, mix it with honey and then they ship it into a cylinder. So I just brought an example for here. Oh, uh, yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, so it's you, use some kind of syrup agent or honey, mm-hmm. and it'll form these little columns. It looks yes. like little cylinders of rice. Right. That's right. Mm. So there are a variety of uh, rice, popped rice snacks kids enjoyed. But b a n g c h u g i was enjoyed since Korea was under Japanese rule. That's a long history. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after the liberation, it was considered as a luxury snack because everybody was starved. Yeah. Uh, but after the Korean War, relief supplies, including some corn or corn powder, was brought into Korea. And then b a n g c h i g i just became um, just a common snack everybody could enjoy. It sounds like you could have sort of a b o n g t i g i renaissance. I mean, especially if you developed different flavored kind of powders to shake it around with. Oh. Barbecue and Sichuan okay. and all that stuff. All you right, know, that's brilliant. It would be almost like the way you flavor potato chips. You know the potato chips that come in the can? They've yeah. just got an obscene amount of flavors nowadays. <laughs> you could do that with bong tuigi. I think so. Yeah, good bong tip. Bong tuigi companies, <laughs> it's time to take action. Diversify the brand. All right, does the bong tuigi ajoshi uh, wear a, a costume like the yuck guy does? No costumes. They're mm. like a common uh, ajoshi we can see, neighbor ajoshi. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's two. There's your popped uh, grains. Mm-hmm. What else do we got? Um, how about when you just walk on the streets, let's say in Sadong, then you can see some winter snacks mm-hmm. like p u n g o p a n g or hot dog, right? But they, of course, use gas burners nowadays, but they used briquettes. In the, in the past, right, coal briquettes. So, was for some poor households, um, coal briquettes are still the op- only option they could afford it to mm-hmm. keep warm. But some barbecue restaurants they use briquettes to grill meat, um, really tasty the, the meat. And in the past, maybe 30 to 40 um, years ago, kids would squat down around a briquette stove on the street to make their own handmade candy. Out of what now? Uh, out of sugar. It's Just called t a l g o n a So in essence, making caramel over an open flame. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And then you can guess from the uh, name, t a l g o n a it's super sweet. 
Oh, naturally. It's just basically caramelized sugar. Mm-hmm. Do you ever make caramel? Well, not really. It's fun. Yeah? You have to be kind of careful because oh. it, it reaches that brown mm. and then it burns real quick. All right. Um, the ingredients are really simple. Like we said, it's sugar and then baking soda. So uh, it's really sweet, but at the same time, a little smoky or a little bitter taste as well. Mm. And because of the baking soda, it's not really hard candy. It's a little airy or light. And after school, kids would just gather around this uh, 달고나 vendor on the street. And then you can just uh, melt sugar in a mini pot-like ladle and then add a little bit of baking soda. And the guy would press a cookie cutter on the candy. Mm. And uh, you have to cut along the line of this pattern to get another candy for free. You know, my dad was a dentist and he never let me eat sweets when I was a kid. Uh, The sugary sweets in the store. And I can just picture his reaction to melted, (laughs) you know, (laughs) melted sugar over an open flame. And it comes out basically sticky enough to yank your teeth out, doesn't Mm. it? Well, that one, that's not really, like I said, it's uh, not really hard and not really uh, sticky. It's It easily shatters. Uh, Mm. So it's like hard candy. Kind of. But uh, to make the sort of, uh, she's pulling up on my screen lots of intricate designs like stars and some of them have hangul on them. That, does that take practice to make? Oh, yeah. It's, well, all these, uh, uh, 달고나 vendors, they're very tricky. They don't really press this cookie cutter hard enough. They mm. just uh, press it really short. So it's not really easy to cut this uh, pattern out of the candy. Uh-huh. So kids use lots of methods. They would nibble <laughs> or lick the candy to melt it uh-huh. a little bit. And they use a pin or a needle to just uh, <laughs> cut. They want to get, they want to keep the design in the yes, middle, but eat yes. around the, mm-hmm. the side. That's right. <laughs> or well, it looks really simple to make. So some kids wanted to make this at their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so they used mom's cooking utensils, ladles and whatnot. And then they used it, ended up burning a uh, ladle and then they would get in trouble. So when did we start seeing the kind of uh, snacks and treats that we now see in sort of a modern pyeonjeom, like mm-hmm. uh, chocolate and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember I told you about Emperor Gojong, how he tasted the, coffee the first... coffee guy. Mm-hmm, and he tasted chocolate, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same lady who introduced coffee uh, treated chocolate as well. But anyway, chocolate became the most sought-after treat during the Korean War, I think, for kids. Mm. Um, U.S. soldiers were just handing out all this chocolate. And then in the movie, 국제시장, or Oh to My Father... There was a famous scene. Uh, some little kids are going after the U.S. soldiers chanting, give me chocolate. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Oh, they did that in Europe, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody caught on real quick that the GIs had uh, sweets and chocolates and sometimes cigarettes. Right. Uh, we've got a text from 7939. I miss Dalgona. She says very, <laughs> well, he or she uh, right. says very simply, coffee going out to you. Thank you for reminiscing with us mm. um so yeah chocolate caught on after emperor gojong and especially i guess wartime brought so many new things to korea sure. the occupation uh by western forces right yeah so th- that was the the birth of budejige too right that's exactly correct and then other daily necessities like soap and toothpaste mm. these things were out of uh out of the uh, military basis mm-hmm. and there was a female who visited house from uh, from house to house to sell 
these items. These women were called mije ajumma. What does that mean, mije? Me like migu? That's right. So uh, products imported from U.S. Migu Japan. Mije ajumma. I remember I used to have some snacks. Mije um, ajumma brought into my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a basket, I carry. I mean, these ajumas were not uh, wealthy themselves. They were just going from yeah, door yeah, to door, yeah, sure. selling these uh, American chocolate products. or yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff? I mean, canned ham, right? Sure, and then all this bell-shaped chocolate, chocolate mm-hmm. syrup, cheese, or um, soap aftershave for men, or a bunch of. Was there any, the, the only thing distinctive about them was their basket, right? They didn't have like a uniform or some way that they. No, Looked. they just used to carry a huge bag full of all these uh, items, but you cannot really tell from their outfits that they're mije ajuma. Mm. Yeah, these women were just selling all these items. Uh, but then after this import liberalization started from around 1983, they started uh, to disappear, mije ajuma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could start buying these things wholesale and actually stock them in in stores, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, And then starting from the 60s and 70s, Korean confectionery companies were made to produce uh, more high-quality products like cookies and chips. And then those early cookies and chips produced really, really long time ago are still loved by Koreans. Mm. Uh, I can say this, right? Choco pies. Yeah, choco Mm -hmm. pie is a generic category. Right. It's not a brand. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that is really old, um, 43 years old. Wow. And some other uh, cookies like twisted chips or shrimp um, flavored chips, these are uh, equally old. Mm. And some are well, loved by not only Koreans, but also foreigners in other countries. Mm-hmm. You know you're starting to get used to Asia when shrimp chips start to taste good. Mm. Yeah, shrimp, uh, shrimp chips and things like that, and shrimp paste starts yeah. to taste good. You know, it's like, generally speaking, uh, Westerners don't crave that much fishiness in our crunchy snacks. Mm-hmm. But after a while in Asia, you get kind of spoiled. And choco pies, they're like, uh, you can become a connoisseur of the various brands of choco pies. That's right. This is huge in countries like China, Vietnam, and India. And our neighbors up north have a real taste for choco pies. Mm-hmm. In fact, they were coming; they were becoming so valuable almost as currency. Yes. They banned choco pies at the Kaesong Zone before it mm-hmm. was closed. Michelle, it's been fun talking about snacks. We're going to talk about something else interesting next week, and I will see you then. All right.